Behind the Scenes. Conversations with European researchers and innovators. The big challenges that this planet is facing, soil always plays a huge role. In this podcast, we'll hear the inspiring stories and journeys of Europe's most brilliant scientists and innovators, whose discoveries are having an impact on our daily lives. Here's how they got to where they are. These are our top stories. Our guest today is Alfred Grand, an organic arable field farmer and entrepreneur from Austria. Alfred is a member of the three soil-related EIP agri-focus groups. He takes part in several Horizon 2020 projects and has been working on the EU mission A Soil Deal for Europe. He's running Grand Farm, a 90-hectare research and demonstration farm that focuses on soil health, agroforestry and market gardening. It's one of 12 farms in the Global Lighthouse Farming Network, an initiative of the Wageningen University from the Netherlands. Alfred, thank you very much for being with us today from Austria. Now, thanks to you today, we're going to learn much more about soil and why it's so important. But more of that. First, let's rewind back some years and explore some areas of your background. We're going to talk a little bit about how you got to where you are today. That's the key thing we really want to learn about. So, To start with, where did you grow up? Was it in the open air? Did you grow up in the countryside? Was that what fired your passion? First of all, thank you for inviting me for this podcast. It's an honor to be here. I have been grown up in the rural area on a farm near Vienna in the east of Austria. But then soon I was invited to visit schools in Vienna and I stayed there for the whole week. So I was only present on the farm at the weekend and I was actually really bad in school. So when I was 13, 14 years, uh, I wanted to become a, a motorcycle racer. Was there anything at all about that experience that taught you something for the future that maybe if academic wasn't your thing, was there something else that was firing your imagination apart from motorbikes? Yeah, I think it was the more practical thing. I later on joined a professional school for winemaking and my parents promised me if I get uh, good ratings in this school, then I will get the motorcycle. And I was driving a motorcycle the next summer. <laughs> well, that sounds like a really good motivation. You studied winemaking first. How is that brought into other areas of farming and this whole world of earthworms that you look at? Was wine a specific area or is it just something that is across all agriculture sectors? Yeah, well, the education was across all the agriculture sectors, but with a focus on winemaking. And we had a particular focus on winemaking. We had uh, some small vineyards. We had a restaurant on our farm where we sold that wine. But in 2009, I had to decide either I go for making more wine and more professional and to expand this kind of business or to be one of the rare earthworm composter and one of the rare earthworm breeders within Europe. And so I decided to go for the earthworms, not for the wine. Okay, well, before we talk even more about your Horizon 2020 project and the EU mission you've been working on, let's talk about what does it mean to you to be both an organic farmer and an entrepreneur? How do those two things work together? 
Quite well, I have to say. First, I was only a farmer. Then in 2006, I converted my farm to organic farming because I realized how important the soil is. And so I didn't want to treat it uh, no longer with pesticide and mineral fertilizer, tried to reduce my tillage and try to be really specific on soil health. So it was quite clear to that converting to organic farming was the way to go. And my earthworm business started to be more interesting. So we sourced it out of the farm and found it together with my business partner, Leopold Fischer. We found it a small limited where we concentrated on earthworm composting and also on the production of peat-free soil substrates. And what has been your experience in taking part in the several Horizon 2020 projects that you're involved in? How did you develop in the project? How did you manage it? Well, when we started to get interested in earthworm composting, we didn't have any clue about it. And so we joined uh, research, we joined scientists within Austria. And later on, uh, when uh, the European Innovation Partnership for Agriculture was initiated by DG Agri, then I joined them within the few focus groups. And there I met a lot of different uh, scientists, agronomists from all over Europe. And from there, they invited me to join other projects and other research projects, but also other international projects. And that was really interesting for me because I always learned a lot. But on the other side, I also could contribute quite a lot as a farmer because I was one of the rare farmers who joined these uh, operations and who joined this project. So all the scientists always ask me, ah, okay, but what does the farmer say? And, and what does it mean in practice? And that was really interesting for me because uh, not only learning from science and from all these European projects, but on the other side, also contributing to this project. That was really important. And this is what we found out was the most important thing that we could altogether reach much, much more than if only practice or only science works on a project. And I suppose it must have been interesting as well to get the input from the different countries, the international perspective. What was interesting to you? Exactly. So, for example, just a week ago, I was in Portugal on an Erasmus Plus project. And it was super interesting to see how they deal with the missing water and how important water is in their region. Because sometimes they even get the same amount of water that we have here, but the distribution in the year is completely different. And so there are so many things you can learn from people from all over Europe, like in the southern area, in the northern area. And it's a kind of eye-opening experience to be part of such projects. And I only can invite every farmer you know, all over Europe to participate in one or more projects where you learn from others and at the same time where you can contribute and bring your innovations, your ideas into these projects. Well, that sounds like a wonderful idea. I said at the beginning that Grand Farm, your company, is a 90-hectare research and demonstration farm that focuses on these areas of soil health, agroforestry and market gardening. Can you explain to our listeners in simple terms what that means and how it works? 
Well, from the experience that we had with all these European innovation projects and research projects, at the end of such a project, what we always found out is what we always concluded was uh, we have to work more together. We have to cooperate more. Science and practice have to work more closer. And therefore, I decided, okay, I have the infrastructure, so I will provide the infrastructure of my fields, my tractor, my machinery, And the researchers, they come to the farm and they do the research. We bring in the ideas and the challenges from practice, the innovations coming from practice. So we have about five to ten or ten or more (laughs) nowadays projects going on. Every year we have master thesis running from Wageningen University, but also from the University of Life Science in Vienna. We are part of different research projects every year and we do not only participate in them but we also benefit in them for a lot of reasons because it's the questions that we have which are getting answered through these projects and the scientists know they are really into practice really into the challenges that the farmers are facing right now let me ask you then in your work is there a typical day or what would constitute for you a really good day Well, nearly every day is a good day, I have to say, because nearly every day is a busy day. So I start quite early. I try to wake up uh, really at sometimes at three, four o'clock in the morning because then I can still do some emails without being disturbed. And then because we have several parts of the farm and uh, we have the arable field part and we also have the market garden where we have a a team of eight young university graduates who garden and produce organic vegetable for the local market. But at the same time, we have the small company, Vermigrant, where we produce uh, the organic fertilizer with the help of earthworms. Fortunately, I don't have to handle the earthworms myself because they are pretty self-sustaining and they work 24-7, so even more than a farmer has to do. But at the same time, we also have to deal with all the research projects. And so it's a lot of different work tasks that we have to do. On one side, being dirty out in the cold, in the wet. On the other side, giving talks at international conferences, uh, welcoming visitors on the farm. So there, it's really interesting and it never gets boring. Well, it all sounds very varied, as well as having wonderful earthworm co-workers. But let me ask you, what exactly does EU research and innovation bring to you? How does it help you to find solutions to challenges that you might face on the ground? EU research is really important for us because um, we can ask the question that we have from practice and we can ask these questions to the scientists and they can start to exploring into these questions, into these challenges, and get the answers back that uh, we need to have for a sustainable future. Well, in addition to being a farmer, you are, as I mentioned, a member of the board for the mission, A Soil Deal for Europe. So let's have a look at soil in the entire EU context. What is the current situation with European soils? Well, life on Earth strictly depends on soils. And on healthy soils, to be honest with you. So the soil is not only the basis for nutritious and safe food, but it also delivers 
more functions. So for example, it is responsible for taking up, infiltrating the water from rainfall, storing it and later on distribute it back to the plants. It's responsible for the nutrient cycling. It's a huge amount uh, if you think about biodiversity, for example. So there are different and also in carbon sequestration. So regarding climate change, for example. So there is a huge functions that soils deliver to us. And at the same time, it's a non-renewable resource. So it's really threatened. And if we consider Europe, the Joint Research Center says about 60 to 70 percent of all soils in Europe are considered not healthy. Wow, that is quite a statistic. Without wishing to put words in your mouth, would you say that healthy soils are what we need for healthy populations? Yeah, this can be really said in easy words. You can say healthy soil equals to healthy food, which equals to healthy people. And I would even add, because that's a very long known saying, I would even add to a healthy planet. Because uh, a healthy soil, for example, is also, as I already explained, important if you consider biodiversity. It's super important if you consider climate change. So the big challenges that this planet is facing, soil always plays a huge role. Behind the scenes. Well, I think that you very clearly articulated why it's important. So let's talk about the goals of the mission. We know the aim of the mission is to create 100 living labs and lighthouses to lead the transition towards healthy soils by 2030. So how important is this and how important is this transition within this time frame? Yeah, we have a lot of different goals. So eight different goals so like uh, reducing desertification in European soil, but also to conserve the soil organic carbon stocks in our soil, stop soil sealing with infrastructures, buildings and so on, but also reduce soil pollution. So there are a lot of them. And what we do is we try to cover all of them because the costs we have to consider, which come along with soil degradation in Europe per year, is extending 50 billion euro per year. So what do we want to do at the mission? How can we implement soil health back into European soils? We have four different uh, parts of the program, which is number one, research and innovation. So there is still a lot of research that has to be done in soil health. Then we have the living labs and lighthouses. So the mission says we want to install 100 living labs within Europe. And then we have soil monitoring, which is important to know where we are at the moment and uh, to harmonize the soil monitoring all over Europe. And last but not least, it's communicating to citizens. So soil literacy, communication, citizen engagement. This is also really important because every single citizen in Europe should know, has to know why soil health is important. And to be clear, this is exactly what these living labs and lighthouses are going to try to do. Also, yes, this is a part because living labs are regions within Europe where scientists and practitioners work together on the challenges. So 
as we already do here at Grand Farm, working together with researchers and scientists, this will be scaled up in 100 regions, 100 living labs all over Europe. And there are a lot of lighthouse farms and, and lighthouse installations will be there. And these lighthouses, they can communicate. So they can demonstrate soil health practices, for example, but they can also demonstrate to farmers, to practitioners, but at the same time to citizens, to children, to students, how they work, what would be best practice examples, for example. What I'd like to do now is to talk to you a little bit about how the Soil Deal for Europe intersects with the four other missions, which are adaptation to climate change, cancer climate neutral and smart cities, and the oceans and waters restoration program. Can you tell me how the soil deal fits into that? Yeah, that's a very good question. Thank you for this one. Soil is the number one resource uh, that also contributes to the other missions. So if we think about, for example, the climate change adaptation to climate change mission. Soil has a huge potential to store carbon as organic matter uh, and in the soil and therefore contribute to climate protection. Cancer. Cancer is about human health. And if you have healthy soils, healthy food, healthy people. So that also relates soil pollution, heavy use of pesticide, for example, all of these things uh, contribute to the health situation of humans. Climate neutral and smart cities, where do you get your food from? Can you grow food in the town or in the surrounding area of towns? What would be the best way to grow healthy food, for example? And the water mission clearly is influenced by the soil mission. Why? Because uh, soil erosion, when soil is washed away by heavy rains, for example, then the groundwater table, the rivers are polluted with organic matter, with nutrients where they don't belong to. And this has a huge effect on clean water bodies. And so therefore, if we have healthy soils, which can infiltrate the water immediately after it touches the ground, then we won't have soil erosion, we won't have uh, pollution of the groundwater or of the river water, for example. Thank you. So we know that these EU missions are a new ambitious instrument under Horizon Europe and the EU Research Framework Programme for 2021 to 2027. But we also know this ambitious instrument will go beyond the EU level. It involves member states, regions, municipalities, citizens... So you've explained how it intersects with all these different areas. How important is it to have actors working at different levels, working together in the same direction? Yeah, I think this is really important to have this multi-stakeholder approach that we already, the European Union already had that in Horizon 2020. And it was a real success. And I think I can call myself also success in this approach because when they realize they have to incorporate practitioners like farmers in EU projects, then it was clear uh, how we can contribute to the success. We are facing, not only in Europe, but all over the planet, humanity is facing huge challenges. And I think it's no longer uh, can be the strategy that we say, okay, the scientists, they have to find a solution for us and, and then the politicians 
they listen to the scientists and they give us the order what we have to do to have the solution for such challenges. I think uh, uh, nowadays everyone, every single citizen, every single actor, every single stakeholder has to contribute so we can deal, we can manage these challenges like uh, climate change, like a soil, like uh, the loss of biodiversity or the economic situations, the environmental pollution things and, and all these challenges. So the more we talk to each other, the more we work together on a local, on a regional, on a national, but um, even more important on an international, on an EU level, the faster we can move forward to tackle these challenges. Well, I'm going to ask you the opposite question now, which is to imagine yourself in five or ten or more years into the future. What do you expect for yourself? What do you see for your career or for your personal development? Right now, we are considering to have a kind of regenerative academy here on the farm. We copied that from our partner uh, farm in Spain, La Junquera, which is also a lighthouse farm from the global network of lighthouse farms uh, from Wageningen University. This year we had 16 interns, uh, students from uh, eight different countries on the farm, staying for a week, a month or, or even half a year. And in the future, I want to welcome even more students and show them around and make them curious about how we can contribute to a sustainable future. Well, that sounds wonderful. What about even further ahead? What would you like to see happening at a European level? Well, on one side, this is what we have planned with the mission, kind of, with the living labs and the lighthouses. So we want to multiply this information. We want to raise awareness on a larger scale. We want to have an impact in practice. I hope this will be more and more important in the future to work on a different stakeholder level, to work with uh, students, with children, with citizens, with farmers, colleagues, with scientists, with NGOs, even from completely different sectors. Now we are now working with uh, students from architecture. And so bring them in because every single person that comes to our farm can contribute to our success. And we hopefully can contribute to their success and to their uh, education and to their awareness about the important things in the future also. And finally then, what sort of advice would you give to a young person hoping to build a career in your field today or some sort of short take-home message to your younger self? Or what would you even tell your earthworms in the future? Well, I would tell my earthworms, go international. <laughs> Visit your colleagues in Spain and in Norway and in Sweden. Even if this is quite difficult for earthworms, but fortunately for humans, it is quite easy to travel around, uh, see what is going on in other parts of Europe or even international and uh, get a little uh, different perspective, learn from other sectors and then come back and be a good farmer. Thank you very much indeed, Alfred. It's been lovely talking to you. More information on your work, the EU missions and the Grand Farm can be found online. Check the details of the episode for all the links and information, especially if you, the audience, are interested in knowing more about EU funding opportunities for your research and innovation project. 
podcast series is brought to you by the European Commission and you can find it on all listening platforms. If you enjoyed this conversation, rate this podcast on all listening platforms and share it with your friends on social media.